Folks, it's, it's my honor and privilege to be able to join you today. And I'm Senior Pastor Chuck Blair of New Church Live out in Bernath in Pennsylvania. This is a beautiful church here in Tucson. It's wonderful to be able to celebrate this with you folks. And I want to say this. Like, this is hard. This is hard. There's no way around it. There's no sugarcoating it. This is hard. What we hope to today is share a number of things that in some small way may, ha- may help the words of love just to wrap themselves around you, and particularly around his family at this time. And as we do this, we always look at stories, right? Like there's my story, there's our story, and then there's the story. And we're going to look at for a story, the my story part, and, and his story is part of your story, and it will always be part of your story. His, part of yours, and here's the miracle. Yours, part of his. I love the idea that that when somebody passes, there's the 11 words to passing well, which is, please forgive me, I forgive you, thank you, I love you. And I think what Forrest would say would be, Chuck, skip the first two, just tell these people, thank you, and I love you. So we're going to be celebrating that today, and we have literally hundreds of people joining us online, and we want to warmly say hi to all of those folks who are joining us online, and you're welcome to participate. Again, my story, our story, the story. As part of getting to that, what I'm going to ask is that if you're watching at home, you're welcome to text me, and the phone number is up here, 215-740-3662 with completing the statement, Forrest gave me the gift of. And that's how we're going to close the service, so that we can all like feel that part of the story. Because folks, it's a hard story today. But here's something I want to share with you. It's a good story. It's a good story. And with that, we begin with a set of readings. The first reading is from Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. God gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youth, even youth grows tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. In the second reading from the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the final reading, a meditation before Kaddish. When I die, give what's left of me away to children and those older. And if you need to cry, cry for your brother and sister walking the street beside you. When you need me, when you need me, put your arms around anyone and give them what you need to give me. I want to leave you something. 
something better than words or sounds. Look for people. Look for me in the people I've known or loved. And if you cannot give me away, at least give me to live in your eyes and not just in your mind. You can love me best by letting hands touch hands. You can love me best by letting go of children that need to be free. Love doesn't die. People do. So when all that's left of me is love, do this. Give me away. What we're going to speak to now is I'm going to offer some memorial address remarks, and then we're going to get to hear from friends and from family. To start out, as we honor Forest Life today, we all arrive here at this service, many of us in different places, being where we are. But each of us here holds certain cherished memories. And I just ask us all now, just take a big breath together. And just let that memory be present. All that that meant. Maybe we're all here on different pages, but we're all here for the same reason. And that's with sharing one heart. It's one heart that does two things. It's one heart that both grieves and, as well, grieves in this senseless loss, but does this, rests in that precious memory. A precious memory that you can hold thinking that was so him. Today will not be about making sense of the loss, because it is senseless. It's beyond human understanding to understand these things. Today will be to acknowledge this deep loss and quietly proclaim, quietly commit yet again to the work of love as God gives each of us to see it. Why? Because that's what Forrest would have us do. Not that he would have chosen those words in particular. But that's, that's what he would have asked us, that's what he would have asked us to do. Because folks, love is our life. Love is our life. It's our core it's who we are. It's our truest selves. It is the story. It is the story. So today, in the midst of this overwhelming grief, that love can be a marker. As our hearts break here today with God's gentle holding, the prayer is that they break open. I want to say that again, so important. Hearts breaking can also be hearts breaking open. And that's the miracle of a life well-lived like Forrest. Yes, our hearts break, but our hearts also break open in so many different ways. Because I do know this, I know that grief is the cost of love. Grief is the cost of love. Joy's the gift. And both will be here today in abundance. It was fascinating, again, just to see how many people recognizing, and I just, I just want you folks to think, there are numerous other groups sitting just like you are today, celebrating this young man's life. I think Forrest would look at all those people and go, dang, he had no idea. Because he touched so many people. I mean, people all over the place. Candlelight vigils in the Philadelphia area. No doubt a bunch of his football buddies hanging out now. 
family, friends all over the country. Students from University of Arizona, fraternity brothers, all gathered here today to honor this amazing life. None of that, of course, comes easily. There's a beautiful story in the Bible, story of Jacob. It's a story where Jacob has to wrestle God, and he has to wrestle God all night, and he says, he comes out, he says he had to wrestle for the blessing. I think times like this, that's what we have to do. We have to wrestle for the blessing. And when we do, we find it, and the blessing can be this deep, this deep well of compassion, this deep well of love, this deep well of connection. It's one of my favorite authors, Anne Lamott, put it beautifully. You will lose someone you can't live without. In your heart, your heart will be badly broken. And the bad news is that you never completely get over the loss of your beloved. But that's also the good news. But that's also the good news. They live forever in your broken heart that doesn't seal back up perfectly. And you come through. It's like having a broken leg that never heals perfectly, that still hurts when the weather gets cold, but you learn to dance. You learn to dance again with a limp. So let's look at that blessing. Let's look at that amazing life, a, a life that was described as larger than life, centered around friends, fun-loving, sports-loving, perseverance, determination, a student-athlete, goal-oriented, resourceful, a whirlwind of energy. Living life without regret, protective, strong, a strong sense of moral justice, empathetic, gentle, and kind. Now, when did that life start? Well, it seems so appropriate to say it started on Christmas, 20 years ago. Started on Christmas 20 years ago. And what a great present he was. And I know what he would say is what a great present you were. That idea, that beautiful Christmas baby coming home after three years to Natasha and Eric, brought home to his beloved sisters, who we had no arguments with until there were battles over the car as teenagers. But the beauty of that loving family that he was part of and immersed in, like, I want you folks to know this, he knew love. Like, what a gift. He knew love. The family shared many cherished memories of Forrest, a young man who developed a strong back and a soft front and lived in a wholehearted way. A memory of picking him up from kindergarten and walking him home hand in hand. A memory of trips to the barbershop with dad, where he could learn the black barbershop and experience an experience oftentimes over three hours. <laughs> but what precious three hours those were. The beauty of that, parents who learned from him, perseverance, moving beyond limitations, sweetness, kindness. His mom mentioned that from him she learned the gift of unconditional love, a love that was not transactional, but a love that was transformative as he doled out his three wonderful hugs to her per year. <laughs> Learning to love him for what he was, messiness and all, raiding the refrigerator and all, playing in the toilet as a toddler and all, 
was throwing clothing around and all. That was him. And what I would say as well with a smile is that he also gave his parents the gift of patience. The beautiful gift of patience. From the family hub, life moved on, and we have friends, community, into a contagious smile. Family, friends, community, a smile. Family, friends, community, a smile. I was putting this together, and maybe this was for us being my thoughts. I thought those were the four keys for him, and I thought, that's a bad joke. <laughs> but those were clearly what mattered to him. Those folks were true north. They're how he navigated his life. It's a good way to navigate life. Family, friends, community, a smile. First off, with friends, that came up over and over again how important his friends were to him. No doubt his friends were absolutely the core to his life. There are far too many to name. He made friends everywhere he went. Friends from school, friends from sports teams, friends from camp, friends from opposing teams. He befriended anyone and everyone. His mom shared this very funny dialogue. Forrest, saying to her, Hey, Mom, can I have a few people over? Natasha, sharing back, How many are we talking? Forrest, I don't know, maybe 10. Later that night, his whole class, kids from other classes, kids from other high schools all showed up. <laughs> that was a few friends to Forrest. What was amazing about that, and this is something that really struck me, really struck me, it was amazing that Forrest had it all. You know, this is a good-looking, athletic, great kid with a great family. And yet we had three letters from people who felt on the outs of high school, who he brought in. Life so much is about this. You know, one author said it this way. He said, you know, so often we can forget, we can forget that people are not interruptions. Forrest allowed his life to be interrupted. And I want to share three of those stories with you. The first from Taylor. He was observant of how quiet I seemed that day. I told him I was struggling a bit mentally. He told me to lean on friends like his sister, Tierra, for support. He stated that life is too short to spend my days unhappy. He was so right. I thought so much about those moments and that advice. I will honor those words forever. From Selena. And again, like, like think about this being her first day at a new school. I remember my first day of school when I walked into my first period and Forrest was there in my math class. And from that day on, he was always saying hi to me, getting me on track, trying his best to help me adjust to a new school. And finally, from Allison, when Forrest was going into his senior year, I was going into my freshman year. I remember sitting outside with him. He was giving me tips on going into high school. He talked about how I was going to be a cheerleader, cheer on the sidelines for him on the football team. He was truly one of the kindest souls I've, I've ever gotten to meet. Forrest remembered, people are never interruptions. And what a beautiful life that can lead to. Others noted him shouting nicknames in the hall, racing to see who could hold the door first. And there's no doubt he had many little routines that he did with friends throughout. As one teacher noted who sent in a note was that he gave equal welcome to everyone. Gave equal welcome to everyone. 
He was an immense community builder. That's that third part. Family, friends, community. I don't know any boy his age who would raise their hand and say, I'm a community builder. <laughs> but, but he clearly was. His mom, right before the service, shared a beautiful remark from his friend Will when they were talking about what legacy they wanted to leave. And, and Forrest had told his friend Will, I did not want to just be known as an athlete. I wanted to be known as a protector. I wanted to be known as somebody who loved. That's beautiful. We see that community as well, you know, in terms of what he did with athletics. Captain for football and basketball. I loved what his coach, what his football coach shared. Forrest was a natural leader and the type of person who would not just walk through fire for others, but carry them on his back as well to ensure that they made it out together. The athletic director of Lower Moreland, Matt Hyland, said these words, Forrest was known for his easy smile and for the respect he offered to teammates and opposing players. He made a huge impact on his teammates and his teachers. He had a smile that could light up the classroom, light up the cafeteria, light up the gym. In a beautiful final testimony, before he left for college, and this tells you the kind of, kind of community that he formed and that he was forming here at University of Arizona. Before he left for college, I asked him what he would miss most about Lower Moreland. I'll never forget his answer. He replied that what he would miss the most of all were the good times with lifelong friends who'd gotten me this part far. This place will be forever my home. His answers show just how deeply his love for family, friends, and community ran. And that community extended. That community extended. We have some folks here from University of Arizona today, correct? You just want to raise your hand just so people see who you are. University of Arizona, you know, he definitely, thank you guys for being here. You know, he had started forming that community. You know, over the years, that community had grown. A sophomore communication, a communication major brought a smile to my face when his parents requested that any picture of him show the big A on there because he was so proud of that. So incredibly proud of that. He joined the Zeta Beta Tau fraternity, and the fraternity posted this on Instagram. And again, you can hear the echoes. Family, friends, community. Forrest was by no means ordinary. His kind heart and love lit up any room that he walked into. What a beautiful sentiment. I want to read that again. Forrest was by no means ordinary. His kind heart and love lit up any room he walked into. And I want to talk about the fourth one, the smile. As a pastor, it's both an honor and at times heartbreaking to do funerals. And it's just interesting seeing what shows up. And boy, did so many people talk about his smile. I heard over and over again about that smile. And I think maybe this, if our life is grounded in family, in friends, in building community, what else is there, especially if you're born on Christmas, but to smile? Like, that's so good. Everyone noted it, and they frequently used the word contagious alongside it. From his friend Zach, 
Forrest gave me the gift of laughter. I could not stop laughing, laughing when he was laughing, and I could not stop smiling when he was smiling. Anyone else have that experience? <laughs> you know here. From a young age, that had been true. From a young age, he was called Guy Smiley. Now, here, here was part of the miracle for me. So family, friends, community smiling. It's easy to see those and to kind of see those and Forrest looking back at that and saying, like, look at all I have to smile about. But, but maybe this. Just think about this. Maybe the smile's what created all that. Maybe the smile's what created all that. And maybe that's part of his lesson here for us today. That the smile was the secret to it all. Maybe that smile was that foundational yes. I love the poem by T.S. Eliot. Yes is a word, and in that word of yes lies skillfully curled all worlds. And what's the symbol of that foundational yes that inside lies skillfully curled all worlds? A smile. Sometimes joy brings a smile. Sometimes a smile brings joy. I think he knew that in his bones. What did that smile allow him to do? Well, it allowed him to live in the moment. It allowed him to embrace joy. And maybe, interestingly, it allowed him paradoxically to not think so much of himself. Why not? Because life is good. Life is good. A gift he got from his parents. Life is good. Maya Angelou famously noted, and I think it's one of the most beautiful quotes actually in the English language, saving heaven for a far-off day shows a lack of gratitude. So when we live with gratitude here and now, there is heaven. As Jesus would say, where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst of them. Heaven within. Yes, of course, there is a heaven there and then, but there's most importantly a heaven here and now that we can choose to live into in very deep and rich ways. It's not, of course, and we never want to portray anyone as perfect. He did have his weaknesses. Some of them were funny. A light one that brought a smile. He was not a fan of vegetables. As a child, he asked what he wanted on his burgers. He replied, ribs and bacon. Someone noted as well, he was very similar to Ron Swanson from the TV show Parks and Rec, who famously stated, salad is what my meal eats. <laughs> there were weightier weaknesses as well. Some no doubt, if he was here, he would share with us, some no doubt that none of us knew anything about, as many of our battles are just private. There were errors, no doubt, of commission and omission, probably errors with everybody in here, too. That's life as well. And there were other battles he wrestled with. I think, again, he probably wished he had told those who he loved more how much he loved them. And he did struggle around the issue of moral injustice. I think maybe there's a part of that. You know, a world that can fail to, fail to live up to its lofty promises does often disappoint. And maybe Forrest felt those disappointments a little bit more keenly given because he felt life a little more joyously. I think the two sometimes can paradoxically go together. 
With a smile, it was interesting that a number of people shared as well. His favorite, his favorite movie was Robin Hood. You know, his favorite scene when Friar Tuck finally takes on the Sheriff of Nottingham. And maybe that was just a little seed of his interest around social justice and social injustice. So what is Forrest waking to now? What is his life now? I want to start one place and then I want to move another place. I want to start here. We know. I know down to the very core of my being, he did not die alone. He died surrounded by love. We know the circumstances are scary, and we know that when we die, angels gently surround us, comfort us, and bring us home. And what would those angels have been carrying with them? What's the love they would have been carrying with them? Your love. Your love. Love of friends, love of family. Love of all those connections, that's the love. The word angel, folks, in Hebrew means messenger. Those people were messengers of your love. And that's what he was held in. The circumstances are scary. God always holds us in love and peace. And Forrest is waking to a life filled with that love and peace. That's where we start and where do we move. I love the idea that the furthest we can get in any stage of life is only a seed for the next. Every small moment of his life, of our lives, ripples out, it touches eternity. Every moment, every moment, the opportunity for a new beginning to those that follow. So imagine this. Think back to that first memory I had you think about. The core of that. What God does is God takes that. And God does, says, well done. And God grows it. Not just for a year, not just for four years, not just till you graduate. God grows that to eternity. Why? Because that's what love does. Love grows gifts. The best intentions of our soul, and forest was filled with many, becomes our destiny to eternity. And what do we find in heaven? We find our partner, we find our place, and we find our purpose. Our unique telos that we can offer the world, of which you folks really do understand so much about what his telos, what his, what his view of life was. I know this as well. You will see him again. And when you see him again and he lets you know he's there, it will probably a little, be a little humorous. But you will see him again. You'll experience him in what the Celts called thin places. You know, times where you're out walking and all of a sudden just a thought comes. Or you're driving in the car, this is going to happen, and his goofy favorite song comes on. You will experience that. And your job is to just smile and just say thank you for the grace of those small moments where he would say this, thank you. 
I love you. And most importantly, he'd say, it would say, I'm okay. I'm okay. Your job, friends, is to continue on living life and to live the lesson that you feel like he was put in your life for. I love Winston Churchill's quote, either everything's an accident or nothing's an accident. Live accordingly. I believe nothing's an accident. Forrest was in your lives, and you were in his for a purpose. Breathe into what that purpose is. Think about how you can live and carry that on, carry that message on. As he said, this beautiful quote, I want to make memories while I can. And he would say with a smile now to all of us, make memories when you can. Live life fully. And now what we're going to transition into is we're going to transition into hearing from some other speakers as well. And I just want to remind people that you are more than welcome to share the gift that Forrest gave you. You're welcome to text it to me at 215-740-3662. That's 215-740-3662. So as friends, we'll come on up as we set the microphone up. Uh, Forrest had one of those personalities that are so rare to find in kids our age. He always made you feel like you weren't alone, even on your worst days. He was someone who didn't say much, but when he spoke, everyone listened. He couldn't change the mood. He could change the mood of a, of a room with just his smile. He was the most humble kid I'd never heard that kid brag a day in my life. He was so selfless. Anyone who picked up Forrest knew he was always running a little late, but. But the morning of the Nicole's walk with the football team, I pulled up to his house and he was standing at his front door waiting with his purple shirt. Because he understood how much that morning meant to me and my family. He didn't leave my side the whole day. Every time Forrest came over to the house, he'd stop, he'd pet the dogs, and he'd talk to my little brother for as long as he wanted. You could tell it made his day, and all he had to do was smile. From kindergarten to fourth grade, me, Farce, and Tenzin dominated in gym class and at recess until Tenzin homeschooled and Farce transferred to, fit, to fit, uh, fifth grade to Lower Moreland. Then three years later, three and a half years later, I transferred to Lower Moreland. And before my first day there, uh, my parents made me try out for basketball. Walking to the gym, I knew no one, but as soon as I saw Farce, it was a he was immediately the first face I recognized. Uh, he greeted me immediately and talked to me the whole tryout. He just knew how to make people feel welcomed. Me and Forrest really bonded our sophomore year of high school after football season. We made a pact to go to the gym every day, and we stuck to it. Didn't matter after practice or right after school, he was there. And we did that for two and a half years. One of the last days at the gym, he told me he got into U of A. And that was the biggest smile I think I'd ever seen. 
He was so happy just to be 15 minutes from where he was going to be living. Anytime we talked over the phone about how much he loved it here and how great the weather is, he's always bragging about that. That was one thing. <laughs> Boris loved his new lifestyle out here in Arizona. There are no words that can describe how incredible he, he was. Boris was just a special person, and I'm glad to have had him in my life and made great memories. Most of you probably knew Forrest to be this big, tough guy. But ever since he was a little kid, he's always been such a sweet, gentle soul at heart. Growing up, Forrest was always someone people wanted to be around. He had this contagious, positive energy that touched everyone who had the opportunity of being around him. Forrest was known for being a freak athlete, but he always wanted to be remembered as more than that. From the first memory I had of Forrest back in kindergarten, he always had leadership skills. We would hang out almost every day doing what kids do, and he was just like any other kid. He loved to jump on the trampoline, ride his skateboard, and argue with his older sisters, just like every little brother did. But there was something special about Forrest. I still can't exactly explain what that something is, but if you had the pleasure of knowing him, you would know exactly what I mean. From the first time I met Forrest, I always admired him and looked up to him. I was lucky enough to call him my friend. Forrest grew up in a small town with his rock star parents and loving sisters. He came from a house full of love and it showed. From when he was a little kid, he would always be so warm and compassionate to everyone. He, made sure he, he wanted to make sure people felt welcomed, no matter what it was he was doing. He always had the biggest smile on his face. And as we got older, we started playing sports together where we made friendships with people that will last a lifetime. I remember one time we were playing soccer for the Huntington Valley Hippos. We were in the Hunter Tournament Championship for the U9 team. Someone on the team had this wild, wild idea to start picking grass to make grass confetti. Granted, the game wasn't even over yet. We ended up winning the game, and all I can remember is Forrest's face as we jumped up and down, throwing grass everywhere. The joy in that kid's face said it all. He was always having fun. On the basketball court, he was an animal. With his dad coaching him on the sidelines, he flourished. From a young age, he always played for his teammates and coaches, sacrificing it all so that everyone around him could succeed. And this notion of sacrificing whatever it took for his teammates didn't stop in sports. That's how he was in all aspects of life, doing whatever he could to help his loved ones succeed and bring out the best in them. I was lucky enough to watch him grow into a brilliant young man who I admired and looked up to. He made countless friendships and connections and impacted everyone's lives for the better. He was one of the most popular kids at, as he grew up, but at the same time, he was so humble. Forrest was a friend to all. One conversation with him and you'd feel like the most important person on earth. Throughout high school, he remained true to who he was and had fun while doing it. And he was so excited to get out to Arizona and start his life. A few months ago, I came out to visit him here in Arizona. 
I planned the trip to get a tattoo from my cousin who also did Forrest's tattoo. I was only staying for a few days, but I wanted to make sure I got to see him. He picked me up from the hotel the day after I got my tattoo with that big Forrest Key smile on his face. We talked for hours, and he told me all about how much he loved school. He was so eager to show me around, and I've never seen Forrest so happy. We went out to eat at some of his favorite places. He showed me his campus and the house where he was living at with his friends. I could tell how happy he was, and the joy in his voice and emotions on his face said it all. It's not gonna be easy without you, brother. We will continue to live on in memory of you and celebrate your beautiful life. And to end, I would just like to read a poem that brings me some peace and I hope gives you some peace as well. Oh. You can shed a tear that he is gone or you can smile because he has lived. You can close your eyes and pray that he'll come back or you can open your eyes and see that what he has left. Your heart can be empty because you can't see him, or you can be full of love. This, or you can be full of the love that you shared. You can turn your back on tomorrow and live yesterday, or you can be happy for tomorrow because of yesterday. You can remember him only that he is gone, or you can cherish his memory and let it live on. You can cry and close your mind, be empty and turn your back, or you can do what he'd want: smile, open your eyes love and live on. Thank you. So I spent a lot of time over the last couple of days trying to figure out what I was going to say, but you know, it's so hard to come up with something to say in a time like this. It still doesn't really feel real to me, um, but I just wrote some things down on the way here and hopefully it'll do. Um, so my grandma sent to my dad on the phone on Monday morning that me, TR, and Forrest were three peas in a pod, and that's really how it was when we were growing up. Me and TR love Forrest so much, we wanted him to be our third little sister. <laughs> we used to dress him up in wigs and tutus and show him off to my mom and dad. <laughs> and then when we moved to Arizona, we added Sochi and Janai to our little girl gang. <laughs> and you'd think, that having, um, sorry. you'd think that having four girls around would make Forrest want to run away, which sometimes he did, because we all knew that kid loved to run. <laughs> But as we all know, Forrest could be friends with anyone, so he didn't mind hanging out with the older girls. Once Forrest got a little older, though, and we moved back to Pennsylvania, he got more into sports, and from then on, he was always out with his friends. Once all three of us could drive, like Chuck was saying earlier, we all had to share one car, 
but by sharing, we meant that Forrest would use the car and me and Tiara would have to put in a request to use it three business days ahead of time. <laughs> Half the time, I ended up just borrowing my friend's car from down the street because Forrest always had somewhere to be. He had so many friends and everyone always wanted Forrest around because he was always the life of the party. Getting to read through all of the wonderful things that people have said about Forrest and all of the pictures and videos people have sent in to me while I was making my tribute to him has been absolutely amazing. Although I didn't get to spend as much time as I would have liked with Forrest the last two years, since we were both busy doing our thing in different states, going through all of these things has made me feel so incredibly close to him. I want to thank all of Forrest's friends in Lower Moreland and in Tucson for being a second family to him, and also all my family who've shown so much love and support to my family as well. The last thing that Forrest, one of the last things that Forrest texted me was to stay in touch. And so I'll ask all of you the same thing, to stay in touch with Forrest through his memories and to keep the bright light that was Forrest alive in our hearts every single day so that way he can live on through us. So me and Forrest had so, so much fun together as kids. I remember uh, we used to have a bowling ball swing in our backyard, which wasn't the safest idea. <laughs> um, uh, but me and him would play on that for hours. And one time it ended up snapping. And so I landed on the ground with a bowling ball under me and all of Forrest's weight just on top of me. <laughs> um, but we used to spend hours on the trampoline. And we used to pretend that we were in a rock band and would use my mom's bamboo sticks as electric guitars and we'd <laughs> sing for hours. <laughs> um, but although most of those memories ended in fights because we didn't always get along, um, they were so, it, we had so much fun making them. When we were younger, I used to babysit him when everyone else had to leave because he didn't like being left alone at home. So I always had to make sure he was all right. So a lot of people kind of saw the extroverted, fun, like macho man that he was, but we all got to see how gentle of a soul that he was. I also remember at the Bernathan Swim Club, I watched him at like the kindergarten, he was like five or six, he would play knockout on the basketball court and he would be playing with kids that are just years older than him, like eighth graders, and he would beat all of them. <laughs> <laughs> And he was just so naturally talented in so many ways, but mainly in the fact that he could make friends every single place that he went and just brought such a light to everyone. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm only two years older than Forrest, so unlike the rest of my family, I got to actually kind of see a little bit more of the fun side that he showed more to his friends than to us because I got to go to high school with him. I got to drive him to high school every day and everywhere else he needed to go before he got his license. <laughs> stole the car. <laughs> I helped him with homework and I helped him apply to colleges. I also got to have him come down to Temple and spend time with me at college a couple times. The last time he came down to visit me was the most memorable because he ended up pulling me aside and we had like an hour-long heart-to-heart just about life and I was able to get to know him so much and I got to know all his plans for the future. And it was just so fun to see him so happy. I know his life was cut short, but he was so happy and so loved. And he really did enjoy every single moment of his life.
Please bear with me. I, uh, I'm, I'm just going to share a few things about uh, my son. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> after Natasha and I had our first two kids, we couldn't have been more proud. I had my two girls. <clears throat> but we had decided we were going to be done. And we, we weren't going to have any more kids. And then at some point we got talking and decided, you know, maybe, maybe we should have one more kid. But unfortunately, that was not going to be physically possible. So we talked and we talked and we talked. and. We finally decided, you know what, maybe we should adopt. And so we went through this whole process, we went through classes and um, preparing us. And I'll never forget, um, three days after Christmas, we got a phone call. This was a little boy. And I knew the first time I saw him, I was, I was like, that's my son. And uh, he was the funniest little guy because while he was sleeping, he would just be smiling. <laughs> and I was saying to myself, I've never seen a baby smile like that just <laughs> while they're sleeping. Like, what is, what is he smiling about? Uh, and from that day on, he's always been Mr. Smiley, you know. Uh, I come in here this morning, and I, I get up in the morning, and I'm trying to get myself dressed, and I realize I couldn't find my, I was supposed to wear black pants, I couldn't find my black belt. I realized I gave it to Forrest a couple weeks ago, and I didn't get it back. <laughs> I'm like wearing pants that I haven't worn in 15 years, they don't even fit me anymore. <laughs> Forrest, Forrest was a very happy baby. Um, he loved his friends with a passion. Um, I had the pleasure of watching him grow and interact with his friends from when he was playing soccer and basketball and football and just how he was growing and, and maturing and becoming a young man. And watching all of his friends grow up at the same time, I, when I found out that he was gone, I, my heart broke not only for myself, but it broke for his friends because I knew, I knew what they had lost. And I just think about the last couple of interactions that I had with him. And um, Forrest was, uh, his best uh, teacher was experience, you know. I, as much advice as I give him, you know, I, I don't know how much he, he, he paid attention, but, you know, Forrest's thing was, I got a plan. I, I, know, what, I, know, what, I know what to do. I, I, I got this. I got this, you know. And, you know, I would wait. I'd wait, you know, let him do his thing. 
And then, uh, and then if, if and when it didn't work out, I said, that's all right. I said, said now we'll, we'll, we'll do it my way, you know. <laughs> but Forrest, uh, I can't tell you how proud he was when he got accepted to college. Not only was it a big academic achievement for him, but I think for him personally, it just proved to him that there was, there was no limits to what he could do. And my last couple interactions with him was starting, goes back a couple weeks ago, he calls me up and he says, Dad, in his typical force fashion, he always says, Dad, and then he pauses for a while. And I'm always waiting, because I don't know what the hell he's going to tell me. I'm thinking, <laughs> what did you do? And he says, I want to join a fraternity. He says, I wrote down the pros and cons. I got three of them. I want to read them off to you. I want you to tell me, which one should I do? And Forrest has asked me for a lot of things, but he never asked me for my advice. And it's the first time I was like, oh my gosh, it's like, he's, he's becoming a man. He's becoming a man. And he was so excited to be at the school. I think I have stock in the bookstore now. I think he was buying sweatshirts and t-shirts for everybody. <laughs> uh, but last time I saw him, I was playing cat and mouse with him a little bit because he calls me up, he says, Dad, I says, what? He says, I need some groceries. I was like, okay. So I said, I, I tell me what you want, I'll go get it. And so I go to the store, and I know you all think I baby him, spoil him, but I go to the store, you know, I, I like buy him like a roasted chicken, and I'll like take all the bones out, and you know. <laughs> and so, I'm calling him, I'm like, Forrest, I want to drop off this food. Okay, okay, but I, I, got, I got things to do, like, 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 let's do it then. let's do it this day. Okay, and then the next day goes by, Forrest, wh when can we do this? Well, well, how about we do it this time? Well, no, that's not gonna work out, let's, let's do it. And so I finally, I finally get over there and, and I, I drop the food off and, one of the last times I saw him, just watching him walk away and just, just feeling so proud of, of who he's become. And um, last thing I want to say is, um, as a father, this feels unnatural. I shouldn't be doing this for him. He should be doing this for me. I can't change that. But what I do have is I have comfort in knowing that even on his last day, he was doing what he wanted to do. He was with his friends. He was having a good time. Even up to the last minute, he was with his friends. And I can't tell you how much that means to me and my family. He wasn't alone. I know he's always going to be in my heart, but it's just hard because something was taken away from me and I won't get back. But I just want you all to know how much my family and I appreciate you and everything you've given us. Thank you.
That was beautiful. From our, from our, on, uh, from our online audience, Forrest gave me the gift, and I'm only going to be able to read a couple of these. I don't know how to say this, but my phone blew up. There's all kinds of beautiful things on here, and these are just a few. Forrest gave me the gift of having a positive outlook. He was always uplifting others. Forrest gave me the gift of optimism and that our future generation is made up of such amazing young adults. Forrest gave me the gift of being part of my life overall. I'm so happy and so lucky. We may not have known each other well, but we were navigating Tucson together, being from the same community, and I'll never forget that. Forrest taught me to remember to thank God even more. Forrest gave me the gift of love, laughter, and the knowing deep in my bones that I could adopt and love any, any child, loving him so easily. Forrest gave me the gift of valuing each moment that I get to share with those close to me. Forrest gave me the gift of seeing what it truly means to care and be there for others. Forrest gave me the gift of friendship, laughter, smiles, and forever memories. Forrest gave me the gift of his smiles and memories. Forrest gave me the gift of optimism and kindness towards others. Forrest gave me the gift of presence and the laughter that comes with it. Forrest gave me the gift of hope and courage. Forrest gave everyone the gift of laughter. Forrest gave the gift of smiles and memories at the Tucson Waldorf School. Forrest gave me the gift of his beautiful light smile. Forrest gave me the gift of leading by example. What it means to be the best wingman ever. <laughs> That's good. Forrest gave me the gift of happy, fun, genuine times with all our friends. Forrest gave me the gift of what a real friendship is, and he will be missed. Forrest gave me the gift of strength, hope, and laughter. Forrest gave me the gift of what a wonderful young man he was by treating my son and family with the utmost respect. He graced me. He graced me with his smile and kindness. Forrest gave me the gift of lifelong memories. I will remember the rest of my life. Forrest gave me the gift of friendship. He was our very close friend. Forrest gave me the gift of a friendship I will never forget. Forrest gave me the gift of making me smile. Forrest gave me the gift, hope for my purpose and for a better tomorrow. Forrest gave me the gift of being a best friend who always had my back and the brightest smile in the world. Forrest gave me the gift of humility. Forrest gave me the gift of strength. Forrest gave me the gift of seeing what it means to be a team player. Amen. So my last word is this, and I don't know whether I'll be able to get this exactly right. So we're coming up on the Easter season. And the Easter season ends, and, 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 you know, for those who are Christian, you know, Jesus gets resurrected, and he's seen, and, and these, these people gather around him, and they say, rejoice. Jesus says, rejoice. And you can look at it that way, but the word rejoice there actually is a much better meaning. Jesus comes out on the other end of death, looks back at humanity, 
And the word rejoice, you know what you could translate it as? Thrive. Thrive. I think through tears and all that, that's what Forrest would say, thrive. Live your best life as you can. Care for others. Life is good. Family. Friends. Community. And together, let's do it all with a smile. Amen. What we're going to do now is I'm going to invite the family up to do a family blessing. So if the family could come stand right here. You guys can stand right there. So the, the blessing I want to offer you guys, like, he really knew love from you guys. That was, I mean, like, what a gift. And he would want from his very soul for me to, like, tell you how much he loved you guys, how much he's going to be with you, and how much he just appreciates all you did. So we want to offer that blessing. Lord, bless this family. Be with them in this time of heartbreak. And Lord, as well, allow the tender memory of Forrest, a life well lived, a life done incredibly well. Allow that memory to live in their hearts and to guide their lives. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, yeah. And we're going to conclude today's service with a video on behalf of the family and friends. For all of you joining us online as well, thank you for joining us here today. Amen.